Here's our spy movie news for January 25th, 2022. Bond IMAX and VFX. Mission Impossible, really? Blacklight, The Bricklayer, Conmen, Eraser, Reborn, The 355, The Entomay, Red Notice, To Catch a Thief, and more. Hi, this is Dan Silvestri with SpyMovieNavigator.com and our Cracking the Code of Spy Movie Show. Let's go. Only one spy movie to release in February 2022. We have one new spy movie scheduled for theatrical release in February 2022 in the U.S. Liam Neeson stars in Blacklight. As the official website blacklightmove.com says, in Blacklight, Liam Neeson is Travis Block, an operative whose discovery of a dark secret pits him against the FBI director he once swore to protect. The U.S. release date is February 11th. There is a staggered release date worldwide, so you'll need to watch for it in your country. Upcoming spy movies. So, on to the news of spy movies in development. We're not sure when we'll see them, but... We're looking forward to their releases. The Bricklayer. Aaron Eckhart has signed for the upcoming spy movie, The Bricklayer. According to Deadline.com, in The Bricklayer, someone is blackmailing the CIA by assassinating foreign journalists and making it look like the agency is responsible. As the world begins to unite against the U.S., the CIA must lure its most brilliant and rebellious operative out of retirement, forcing him to confront his checkered past while unraveling an international conspiracy. I don't know, what is it with these spy movies pulling operatives out of retirement lately? <laughs> okay, all right. Here's one. Mientame. Filming has started for Chilean-Argentine romantic comedy slash spy movie Mientame, which translates to Lie to Me in English. This movie has actor Lucas Agoskin playing opposite his real wife, Leonor Varela. We're not sure how a romantic comedy slash spy movie will work, but we'll check it out for you when it comes out and let you know. Distribution hasn't been set yet. You can read more about Mientame on Yahoo.com. Conmen. Corey Hardrick will star opposite Neil Brown Jr. in Conmen. This is the first movie produced by Hardrick's hardcore films. The high-level plot has two black conmen posing as FBI agents. They try to con a heroin dealer who's a Klansman and his sheriff's son. No release date has been set for Conmen. Eraser Reborn In 1996, Arnold Schwarzenegger starred as a U.S. Marshal John Kruger in the movie Eraser. Well, Jonathan Fuge tells us that a reboot titled Eraser Reborn was shot in the summer of 2021 in secret. <laughs> wow. It has received an R rating and is expected to be released sometime this spring. Eraser Reborn does not bring back John Kruger. Instead, Dominic Sherwood plays a new U.S. Marshal, Mason Pollard. The synopsis of IMDb says, quote, it is based on U.S. Marshal Mason Pollard, who is specialized in engineering the fake death of witnesses that leaves no trace of their existence. Wow. All right. To Catch a Thief. Oh, wow. We love the original Hitchcock movie, To Catch a Thief. It starred Cary Grant, who played an ex-cat burglar who had to prove he was falsely accused of another burglary. Well, Gal Gadot will be starring in a remake of this classic movie. We don't know how the plot will be changed, but we look forward to this one. You can find out more about To Catch a Thief on MovieWeb.com. Mission Impossible. Wow, it really is getting impossible to release Mission Impossible 7 and 8. Well, the twice-delayed Mission Impossible movies have hit another delay. 
We should remember that Mission Impossible 7 was originally slated to release in November 2021. Then it was pushed to September 2022. Now, Paramount and Skydance have announced the most recent pandemic-related delays for Mission Impossible 7 and 8. The new release dates are now July 14, 2023 for Mission Impossible 7 and June 28, 2024 for Mission Impossible 8. Ugh. Oh, my gosh. Years we're talking here. All right. The 355. All right. So let's shift gears and talk about the most recently released spy movie, The 355. We released a no-spoiler review of this movie on January 9th. There has been some news about this movie, mostly about its box office or lack thereof. All right. Here we go. An article in Variety points out that The 355 only had a $4.8 million North American haul. Wow. Well... We just looked at boxofficemojo.com and we found that the 355 currently has a $16.5 million box office as we record this newscast. This is against a production budget of about $40 million. Given the movie's female focus, getting young men to the theater to see it has been a challenge. It appears young men are spending their money on Scream and Spider-Man No Way Home and not much else. The spy movie, The Kingsman, which was released before Christmas, outperformed the 355 this past weekend, even though The Kingsman has been in theaters two weeks longer than The 355. For their sake, we hope that The 355 has a good digital rental release. We want spy movies to make money. All right, Lupita Nyong'o, one of the leads in The 355, did not attend the virtual press day. She had a good reason to miss this as she had tested positive for COVID-19. She tweeted, I too have tested positive for COVID-19. I'm fully vaccinated and taking care in isolation, unquote. We hope she's recovered and is doing well. Is the 355 a remake, really, of the first Mission Impossible movie? In our January 9th, no spoiler review of the 355, we mentioned a few similarities between the 355 and other movies. However, we kept spoilers out of the podcast. Our friend Mike Reyes at CinemaBlend.com has an interesting take on the 355 and its use of tropes from other movies, specifically the first Mission Impossible movie. He's written an article containing spoilers that compares the 355 with Mission Impossible. We will warn you that he has spoilers in that article. So you might want to wait until you've seen the 355 before you read it, but we think Mike Reyes is dead on with his analysis here. Red Notice. Since the Netflix movie Red Notice was released, we've been speculating that there will be sequels to this movie. Well, according to an article by Mike Fleming Jr., two sequels are planned. The thought is to shoot them back to back, which has become a good trend with successful movies. Fleming says that the goal is to bring back the three main stars, Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. He also says that Ross and Marshall Thurber, who wrote Red Notice, has already started writing the sequels. James Bond! We gotta have some James Bond news! <laughs> For a franchise that released its last movie back in September, there were a lot of articles written about James Bond in January. Many of them are speculations about which actor will be chosen to carry on the role of James Bond. However, some of them talk about the making of No Time to Die. So that's pretty cool. Here's an IMAX re-release of No Time to Die. By now, we assume you've had a chance to see the movie No Time to Die. If you haven't, the movie was re-released beginning on January 21st 
in select IMAX locations. According to Mike Reyes, this release is to help celebrate James Bond's 60th anniversary. It will include a special James Bond 60th anniversary logo. Reyes comments that he thinks the other Bond movies should get theatrical releases as part of the 60th anniversary celebration. That's a pretty cool idea. He points out that the Prince Charles Cinema in London started running all of the James Bond movies in release order through Spectre starting January 20th and running through July 2022. He comments that he wishes other theaters or MGM itself would follow suit on a global basis. That's a pretty cool idea. And it's another chance to see all of the Bond movies on a big screen. We like that. All right. No Time to Die VFX team has been discussed quite a bit lately. Variety's The Shortlist Virtual FYC Fest held a panel discussion with the No Time to Die VFX supervisors. This was an excellent 31-minute discussion moderated by Jazz Ranke, the senior artisans editor at Variety. Charlie Noble, who was the visual effects supervisor on No Time to Die, talks about how visual effects can help augment the practical side of movie making. He says, quote, we sort of pick up the bat where other departments leave off. They go as far as they can, and then we take over, unquote. Special effects supervisor Chris Corbold adds, quote, the thing I think was so fantastic about it was that it was all invisible. It didn't jump out at you as being, look, this is the greatest visual effects ever. It was just in a marvelous blending of what they do creatively, unquote. Wow. The discussion breaks down scenes such as the DB5 donut stunt and gives some great background on what they did there. You can see this discussion on Variety.com. That was one big explosion. <laughs> Many of the James Bond movies have set Guinness World Records for their explosions and stunts. The boat explosion in Thunderball was an early example. Spectre set a record for its explosion. Well, according to an article on CinemaBlend.com, no time to die obliterated an explosion record. The big explosions at the climax of No Time to Die set the record for the most high explosives in one shot. The previous record was for 65 kilograms of high explosives in one shot. In No Time to Die, they used 140 kilograms for the climax. Boom! Wow. The official 007 YouTube channel has a video with Chris Corbold talking about this record if you want to see more. All right, here's some movie industry news. Piracy has cost Black Widow a lot of money. We just talked about explosions. Well, here's a discussion that will blow your mind. In previous podcasts, we talked about the impact of day and date release schedules for movies. If you aren't familiar with that term, it means releasing a movie in theaters and paid video on demand or streaming on the same day. This was brought about by the pandemic, but the pandemic showed some flaws in the system. Some distributors released using day and date, others shortened their theatrical window or the amount of time a movie will be in theaters only. So now we have a different mix here. So you also had movies like Red Notice that everyone was told was being put out on Netflix. So everyone assumed it was a TV movie first. When Netflix finally decided to release it in theaters a few days before streaming it and marketed that decision badly, in our opinion, it tanked in the theater. It performed very well on Netflix, but had terrible box office numbers. Deadline.com has a fairly comprehensive breakdown on the impact of day and date on movies. Some of the data is sparse due to the limited ways to get the data, but it is telling nonetheless. The stat that blew us away has to do with the movie Black Widow. 
The article estimates that due to day and date release of Black Widow, about $600 million was lost to Disney due to piracy. This is because once a movie streams, it's pirated almost immediately. Now we get why Scarlett Johansson sued Disney over that decision. All right, in memoriam. This is a long list of some giants from the entertainment industry. Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier passed away at the age of 94. This much celebrated actor was the first of four black actors to win the best actor in a leading role Academy Award for his role in Lilies of the Field. For spy movie fans, you may remember that he played Roy Parmenter in Little Nikita. Marilyn Bergman. We're sad to pass on the news that Marilyn Bergman passed away at the age of 93. She was a well-honored lyricist, usually working together with her husband, Alan. She received three Academy Awards, four Emmy Awards, three Grammy Awards. Spy movie fans will know her for the lyrics to the title song to the James Bond movie, Never Say Never Again, which she wrote with her husband. Mace Neufeld. He's also passed on at the age of 93. Spy movie fans will know his work as a producer of Jack Ryan movies and the Amazon Prime series, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Hardy Kruger. German actor Hardy Kruger also passed away at the age of 93. Kruger is probably best known for his roles in A Bridge Too Far or Barry Lyndon. Spy movie fans may know him from his roles in The Spy Who Never Was, The Inside Man, or The Defector. Michel Sabor. French actor Michel Sabor passed away at the age of 86. Spy movie fans may remember him from his movies such as Le Petit Soldat, Beau Travail, and the 1960s Hitchcock movie Topaz. Yvette Mumu. And finally, we lost Yvette Mumu at the age of 80. Her most well-known roles were Light in the Piazza and Toys in the Attic. However, spy movie fans may also know her as Kim Stacy in the 1970 movie the Delta Factor. All right, this has been Dan Silvestri with SpyMovieNavigator.com. Please subscribe to our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies, right now on your favorite podcast app. And know when new episodes come out and more. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, too. And check out our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it.